This Time Next Year Written and read by Liz Hines Saturday, 12th of July After my date with David Davis Things I now know about David Davis He is 52 He is a childless widower He is a psychiatrist And he doesn't want to see me again I don't know that for sure but I have a pretty good idea that's so. Which is fine by me, as I wouldn't want to date a man who can say no to treacle pudding. His wife was killed in an accident when they'd only been married two years. Were you driving? I asked. Uh, no, she was on her own coming home from work. Oh, that's good. He looked puzzled. I mean, not that she was killed, but that you weren't driving, so you don't feel guilty. You don't feel guilty, do you? Not at all. Good. Not that you should. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> Not unless you'd put off getting the brakes repaired or something. I giggled. Not that you'd have done that. Not deliberately, anyway. But I mean, some people would blame themselves, even if they weren't to blame. Look at me. I blame myself when they closed the local corner shop and Mrs Mack had to move into an old people's home. Even though I'd done all I could, signed petitions and things... It is so much cheaper at the supermarket, although I suppose that's probably because of slave labour, and if I really had principles I wouldn't shop there, so in a way I was to blame, but she was 83. David was looking intently at me. Uh, who was? Mrs Mack at the corner shop, and I went to visit her at the home and she was very happy there. There was a moment's silence, then I said, you could be in a book though. I'm sorry? With a tragic story like yours, you could be in a book. I've been thinking the same thing about you. Me? Really? Why? I find it hard to believe that you could be real. You must be a character from a book. I smiled sweetly and filed that away to dissect later, i.e. now. Was that a compliment? Or was he laughing at me? I would say the latter, but he did add... Fortunately, I enjoy reading. So that makes it all right, I think. When I first asked him what he did for a living, he replied, I work in the medical profession. A doctor? Mm, sort of. Sort of? <laughs> you mean you're not very good at it? People keep dying on you. I flopped back in my chair in an impersonation of a dead body. Uh, no, actually, I'm a psychiatrist. Really? I sat up abruptly. That's interesting. You must meet some fascinating people. I do, and not all through my work. And I can see now why you might be reluctant to say what you do. You do? Yes, I bet it happens all the time. People find out what you do and then start telling you all their problems. I suppose that is part of it. And did you see that Faulty Towers episode? Yes. The one where there are psychiatrists staying in the hotel? Yes, I saw it. And Basil is neurotic, convinced they are analysing him and that they put everything he does down to sex. Suddenly I realised I was rolling my napkin ring between my fingers. I put it down quickly in case my action was misinterpreted. Then I found it difficult to do or say anything much at all during the rest of the evening. At least when we were eating we had an excuse not to talk. I'd enjoyed a wonderful crispy duck in a tangy, fruity sauce when he said, Are you having dessert? 
No, I don't think so. I'm quite full, thank you. Um, the dessert menu looks rather good. I see they have treacle pudding. Treacle pudding? Oh, my favourite. Well, if you're having some, mm, too's tempting. Go on then, let's have some. Now, on second thoughts, I don't think I will. But don't let me stop you. Oh, no, I won't if you're not. No, if it's your favourite, I insist. Waiter. I wonder what he made of my choice of treacle pudding, which incidentally was the best I've ever had. Do psychiatrists see everything as psychological tests? Will he be studying me? Not that he'll have the opportunity to, as we won't be seeing each other again. We are obviously not suited to one another. Sitting in the bar after the meal, I had a brandy. I don't normally drink brandy, when I'm out, as it makes me chatter like a parrot, but the unnatural quiet was getting me down. Unfortunately, as David appeared with the brandy, a thought came into my head. The evening is almost over. He will take me home. Do I invite him in for coffee? If I do, will he interpret it as an invitation to my bed? If I don't, will he mark me down as prissy and tight-laced? My dilemma was not helped by two familiar-sounding apparitions on my shoulders, whispering in my ears, Go for it, Alice. Let whatever happens happen. It's time you enjoyed yourself. Invite him in for coffee by all means, Alison, but only if you are confident that you can remain in control of any situation that might develop. I'd almost reached a decision when, Alison, are you okay? Uh, what? You were miles away. Sorry, David, I was thinking about coffee. Would you like some? I'll call the waiter. No, no, I'm fine, thank you. We pulled up outside my house. Well, thank you, David, for a lovely evening. I have enjoyed myself. I'm glad. I've enjoyed it too. I wonder, um, oh, there appears to be someone trying to catch your attention. What? I looked around in time to see the curtain dropping back into place, the front door opening, and Adam come running out. Chloe's on the phone, Mum. What's happened? Is she all right? Where is she? I was already out of the car and running into the house. This was my punishment for going on a date. My daughter had been fatally injured in a car crash, or given that terrible date-rape drug that I keep hearing about and struggling to call for help. Chloe, what is it? Are you all right? You've been on a date. You went on a date without telling me. Mum, how could you? Have you had a good time? What's his name? What's he like? Adam said he drives a Mercedes. Is he rich? Chloe, I thought you were in hospital at least. Why ever would you think that? Because I'm your mother. Well, I'm fine, so tell me all about this mystery man. His name is David. He's very nice and he's... I lifted up the curtain and peered out. Jess left. I told him Chloe was all right, Adam piped up, but that you'd probably be on the phone for ages, and he said to tell you he'd give you a ring sometime. So, that's it. Sometime always means never. In the kitchen as the clock strikes two. I was finding it difficult to sleep, so I've made myself some hot chocolate and I'm waiting for it to cool. I can't help wondering if this is all I have to look forward to in the years to come bed on my own with just a drink to warm me up. It's not an enticing prospect. I wonder how elderly spinsters manage. 
with a good book and a cat. That's it, I need a cat. And a bed jacket. Can you still buy bed jackets? Probably only from shops for old ladies. I'm not old, not really. I have many years of life left. On my own. No, I'm not going to be an old misery. Just because my date with David wasn't a huge success doesn't mean that I am destined for solitary divorcehood. The hot chocolate must have cooled down by now. Oh, I shouldn't have tried to remove my glasses at the same time as picking up my mug. I know that my coordination has never been good, but I can't help feeling that the rate of deterioration has increased since I reached 50. And I shouldn't have tried to remove the chocolate stain from the duvet cover. What was a minor splodge is now a major catastrophe. If I squidge at my eyes, the chocolate splodge looks a bit like Sean Connery when he was a young and dishy James Bond. He is well over 50 and he enjoys life. I should copy his example of positive living. The name's Turner, Alison Turner. Make mine shaken, not stirred. Hmm, doesn't sound quite the same when I say it. I'll have to work on the accent. 13th of July. I was woken by the phone ringing. It was Bev who wanted all the details. I told her there was nothing to tell. I had simply enjoyed a pleasant evening out with a friend. Yeah, right, Alice, come on. Give, tell Beverly all about it. Really, Bev, there's nothing to tell. Oh, I can see we're going to have to lubricate your mouth to get all the glory info. So Pippa and me will come round tomorrow night, bring some wine, and you can tell us all about it. But no spilling the beans to Pippa before me, right? I could see I wasn't going to be allowed to go back to sleep unless I agreed. 14th of July. No call today from David, but maybe he's too busy with patients. Maybe he's talking a potential suicide off a roof or helping a victim of abuse come to terms with herself. That is the sort of thing psychiatrists have to do. Later. Bev and Pippa turned up at seven. Bev with wine and Pippa with little nibbles and dips from M&S. The trouble with little nibbles is their littleness. By eight o'clock we were scouring cupboards for suitable dipping items. I found crisps. Pippa peeled and sliced carrots, peppers and celery. Then I filled them in on the events of Saturday night. It didn't take long. No, oh, Bev said when I'd finished. Well, Pippa said, just because he hasn't phoned doesn't mean he's not interested. It's only been two days, and as you said, Alison, he's probably been busy with patients all day. Huh, <laughs> Bev grunted. That's a pretty crappy excuse. Well, I did make a bit of a fool of myself one way and another. But that's you, Alison. Yeah, from what you've said before, he already knows what you like, so he should have been prepared. The words from the magazine article I'd read in the dentist suddenly came back to me. Your best friend always thinks well of you. I pointed this out to Bev and Pippa. Oh, Alice, we only ever say things because we love you. Yes, Alison, you know it's your interests we have at heart. Pippa tried to reassure me by telling me about her first boyfriend. He wasn't really a rotter so much as thoughtless. Never thought to tell me that I looked nice, or that he'd be late, or that he liked being with me. It just didn't occur to him. <laughs> One of my boyfriends was a real son of a bitch, Bev joined in. 
He was seeing three of us at the same time. But we found out and got our revenge. How? We turned up at his regular pub, debagged him in front of his friends and made belittling comments about his equipment. Oh, Bev, that's brilliant, Pippa said. Men are so sensitive about their thing. And goodness knows why. Once you've seen one, you've seen them all. They both screeched, just as I said. Why? How many have you seen? Oh, only... Pippa stopped and did a mental total. Three. No, four if you count Ian, but that was only once and in the dark, so it hardly counted. <laughs> in more ways than one. Bev was still counting and appeared to have run out of fingers. I didn't realise you were both so experienced. I was shocked. I don't think three or even four would be counted as experienced these days, Pippa said. Really? Definitely not. Kids today are into the tens before they've left uni. Seeing my face, Bev added, Of course, there's only some of them, not the ones like Chloe who have a steady boyfriend. Honestly, Alison, there's no need to look so horrified. Don't tell us you haven't seen a few in your time. Yeah, come on, Alice, confess. What's your rating? One. They both stared at me. You're not serious. You mean just Brian? Yes, there's only ever been Brian. But, but... Bev was stuck for words. I think what Bev's trying to say, Alison, is... But you're not that much older than us. You grew up in the 60s and 70s. The permissive society had begun. How could you miss it? Well, I was 16 when I started going out with Brian. We got engaged before he went to university and then married straight after. Well, Bev said, you've got some catching up to do, girl. Here's to you. By 9.30 we had agreed that all men are a waste of space except Roger and Simon, and that I was better off without smart ass if that was the way he treated women. And of course, Bev added, you only have his word for it that he wasn't driving when his wife was killed. In fact, you only have his say-so that it was an accident. She nodded wisely. It confirmed my belief that Bev is unduly influenced by television. We spent the rest of the evening comparing the relative attributes of George Clooney and Brad Pitt and choosing who to take as a lover. Pippa refused to make a choice, as she is a happily married woman. I said either, and Bev said she'd have to give them both a try before committing herself.